Hello there. You're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there, Tom. How are you doing? Did you like my uh, Obi-Wan-inspired greeting there in this week of all weeks? I did, yeah. With Kenobi now uh, being you know, trailer out, it's good to, good to get those vibes again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, to do it any other way would be so uncivilised. Delighted to say uh, that joining us in this momentous week is Ewan McGregor. No, sorry, not Ewan McGregor, uh, but the very next best thing. Uh, we have Stephen Libby here from Cinema Blend. Hello there. Hello, hello. Not that, uh, you know, you, got, you guys have, have built me up quite a bit, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Stephen is here, I'm delighted to say, to talk us through Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, this uh, new spangled Star Wars themed hotel stroke cruise experience that is now open at Walt Disney World. Long-time listeners may remember, uh, Stephen, you popped in last summer, right? Was it, it for Avengers Campus? That was 2021, correct? Not 2020. Yeah, I'm not sure what year it was. They all run together these days, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was some, it was, you know, somewhere between a year or two ago or maybe a million years ago, but yes. <laughs> Let's dive right in then to uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, which, as I say, is now open at Disney World U2 for the low, low price of $6,000. Get yourself a cabin on this Star Cruiser and enjoy a vacation among the stars. Uh, but Stephen, you got to go, I presume, for free. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, it was a, it was a media preview that I got to attend. Um, and I did not stay the whole, I did not get to do the full two night experience. They gave me kind of the, the four hour quick run through of, of some of the highlights. But, uh, but yeah, that, luckily I, it did not cost me $6,000 to, uh, to do that much. Um, as impressive as I think it is, um, I certainly would not have paid $6,000 for the four-hour quick version. Uh, I would at least <laughs> want the two-day overnight uh, at the very least. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's reasonable. And I suppose that is kind of the ultimate question is, is this good value for money uh, for anyone, even the, the sort of biggest of Star Wars fan? But I guess we'll get to that uh, at the end of the conversation. Although one thing I would be curious to know is that I mean, I, I consider myself a, a pretty big Star Wars fan, but I must admit, uh, consuming all the coverage around, you know, the media event uh, a couple of weeks ago, I did come away from it thinking, I think this is all a bit much for me. And I think I'd get kind of sick of everyone being in character after a while. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, is it, will anyone on board this thing just have a normal conversation with me? Does everything have to be... <laughs> I, you know, and, and, and that's, I, I mean, I think to, to a large extent, that is the, the question kind of on, on whichever side of it you're on. Like, you know, if you're somebody who decides to go all in and play a character and, and be involved, you know, how is, how, how are the people who don't want to do that going to impact your experience? And if you're not necessarily looking to do that, you know, how are all these people being Star Wars aliens going to impact your experience? Um, and that's one thing that unfortunately, because I didn't get to kind of do the whole thing, uh, I don't really know. And, and honestly, I think right now we don't even know the answer because, 
you know, the people who who made the first reservations are obviously going to be the crazy fans for whom this experience looked like exactly what they wanted in a few, you know, in a couple of months, in a few months, we may get a more sort of uh, a wider net of, of theme park guests who, who may have a very different sort of experience. Yeah. And I wonder if that will go for the cast members as well, in a, in a sense. I'm sure in the in the opening weeks and months, they're going to be putting absolutely everything into it. And, you know, I would not want to doubt anyone's professionalism at all, but everyone has a bad day at work now and then. And I'd imagine that if you're someone who has been playing a certain character aboard this ship day in, day out for months on end, there may come a point where even even they're growing slightly tired of it also it'll be really interesting to see how this thing ages and how they keep people excited about it and keep it fresh but yeah i think you're right at this early stage the people that are going and i think we talked about this josh like i think any sort of really cynical negative takes that you read online about this thing right now are people who were ready to hate on it no matter what because yeah realistically anyone who has decided already that they want to spend upwards of six grand on this is someone who's probably going to have a really good time uh yeah i mean i think i was very very ready to hate on it but uh, i tried to uh temper that you know think about the people that would be willing to pay the six grand and how they would experience it and uh get a feel for it and you know like um Lynn Tester of uh, Unofficial Disney Guide. Uh, he went. He did the whole whole three three days, two or whatever it is, two days, two nights, whatever it is. Um, and he dressed up and got fully into character, and he absolutely loved it. So um, <laughs> it's clearly if you, if you're into that sort of thing, it's it looks like it's probably going to be the thing for you. It seems that way. Yeah. I mean, what were your expectations as you were preparing for this media day? Uh, Stephen, were you were you kind of ready to be somewhat cynical about it, or? Um, you know, I, 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 I always try to be, in general, you know, positive on sort of any sort of theme park stuff, at least up front. You know, I, I'm, I, I try not to hate on things too much before I actually get to experience them. I try not to even, you know, voice an opinion on something based on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how the that's not how the internet works. I know, and that's, to... I'm very bad at the internet, <laughs> um, but <laughs> which is terrible because of what I do for a living. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, I will, I was a little skeptical that it was, you know, that that it was going to work. Not and not necessarily because you know I I had just no faith in it. I the main thing for me was this is such a new thing this whole idea of in is a is such a brand new idea um i was honestly expecting a lot of the early guest responses to be more negative than they were not because i thought that it would be you know that it was like oh this is actually terrible um but i expected that we that once the place was full of paying guests that stuff wouldn't that stuff would break stuff wouldn't work properly that ideas that they had when they when the rubber hit the road just wouldn't quite function the way that they had thought they would 
-hmm. and that some of this some of these ideas would need a little polishing and and modification and it sounds like in general that's not the case so i mean for that i'm i'm kind of impressed um i mean i know they did a bunch of like test cruises with you know disney employees and lucasfilm employees um and then obviously the media and who knows what else but i sort of still figured that because all of those people are going to be coming at this from a certain perspective that when the general guests arrived, things would just behave differently. And, and somebody would go, oh, hey, this idea we had for this interaction isn't working the way that we thought it would because people are weird. And that they'd have to go back and go, oh, wait, OK, we can fix that. We just need to change X, Y, Z. And next time around, we'll make it work. But that didn't doesn't seem to have been the case for the most part. I mean, Everyone's the people who've done it seem to seem to like it. I don't know if you could kind of give us an idea of how it all begins. I mean, again, I don't know how comparable your experience in terms of how they get you on board and, and that kind of thing. I don't know how comparable that is to how it will be for paying guests. But I, I wondered, yeah, what's that whole experience like? Does it feel like an extension of Galaxy's Edge or do you immediately feel like you're in a way more kind of premium sort of setting it, it definitely feels very different um i mean yeah so you get in you you exit the you know what the the lift you know it's it's the elevator but it's but it has little little window little screens on it that look like windows that make it look like you are leaving atmosphere and going up into space and then you you enter into the main atrium and i believe for the traditional guests you sort of go straight from there to wherever your room is uh, but then there is a sort of welcome uh, experience in the atrium uh, for the guests where uh, the various characters will be milling around and the the cruise director will speak to you and the ship's captain will talk to you about how happy they are to have you on board and this wonderful experience. And everyone's looking forward to what's, you know, what is going to be a lovely cruise to Batu, And then... Uh, and then the first order shows up and some stormtroopers and a and a general walk in and that sort of begins the the story of the the event these first order folks are going to they're going to stay on board the ship during the cruise because they are concerned that there might be resistance activity going on and they want to make sure that's not the case and that sort of right. launches the 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 story element um, and so, yeah, I got to interact with some of the characters sort of before all that happened. And uh, and that was really my only significant opportunity to do that portion of it. I mean, I know that for for everybody else, that's kind of a big part of how the story works is that you can just, you know, wander around the ship and you might run into these characters and you can have a conversation. Um, but it's very cool because they they will make a point to attempt to learn who you are and, and learn your name. And so the next time they see you, they will call you by name. And then next time you look at your bank statement, hundreds of dollars have mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, so that was kind of where it started. Um, from there, I just sort of hit some of the major, I guess what you would call the attraction elements of it, the, the bridge, the, uh, piloting the bridge area, uh, the lightsaber training, 
um, I did a, a and, and I did a, a thing in the the in the engine room that I believe is the sort of thing like the engine room specifically was one uh, that I don't think everybody on board will experience. It kind of depends on where your storyline goes. The engine room actually is is the door is locked by uh, a magic band uh, sensor <laughs> and you're you have to you, you have to have access so you are basically told through your data pad because everyone is going to carry these cell phones around that are going to tell you what is happening and where to go and what to do and your data pad will tell you to go to the engine room at some point and then you do that and if you try to get into the engine room before that the door just doesn't open for you your magic band has to give you access. That's pretty cool. You can't cut the door yeah. down like Qui-Gon Jinn style or... No, no, no. They, nah. they, they, they don't let the lightsabers leave the lightsaber training, so... Damn. The, the sort of branching story thing for different people is, is a cool idea, though. That it's, you know, having all these different areas that certain people will be able to access kind of means that some people will hear about that later on and maybe uh, want to come back for a second go a few years down the line maybe if they're uh, that way inclined i mean i think i mean that's it's it's a double-edged sword because i mean i do think you know a lot of the chatter i see on online is from people who look at star cruiser and, and their thought is you know it's not really in my price range but maybe like i'm a serious super star wars fan i could maybe save up and do this one and the frustrating part of that is if you only go once, you're not going to be able to experience everything. And that's going to be potentially disappointing, I think, for some people that, you know, there is stuff that you will miss there because your storyline won't take you there. Um, and I mean, I, from a from a themed entertainment standpoint, I think that's awesome. But just from a guest experience standpoint. I, there is some disappointment there, I think that, you know, if if you see something online some event that you can do and go oh wait hey that looks awesome but you don't necessarily know how to get there <laughs> and you may i mean i'm sure you know six months from now there will probably be basically walkthroughs online of like here's how to here's what you need to do to get certain events or whatever and you could potentially follow that but until then you're like i, I wouldn't even know what to do to get to where i need want to go um, which from a from a playing the game standpoint is fun, but from a I spent six thousand dollars on this, I want to do everything perspective may not be so good. Yeah, certainly if you've if you saved up for a, a little bit to to go and then you don't get to experience everything, I can see that being a, a real bummer for sure. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it sounds like if you if you suffer badly from fear of missing out, this might not be the kind of thing you'd you'd want to do. Or it might not be a very financially healthy thing for you to do. It almost become like uh, not being able to quit the casino, you know, like you'll just keep paying the six grand and going back and again and again, hoping to see this one thing that you heard about from a friend of a friend's postman or something and are just desperate to see it for yourself. Uh, it's it's almost like, uh, yeah, it's, it's quite video gamey in that way, except obviously it's real life and you can't reload your safe. You just have to... <laughs> I mean, I know there's a there's the, there's an area where you I guess you're able to like use the force to like move some rocks, 
I have heard of this and I have, you know, seen some some video of it, but that's a thing that I didn't do. I, you know, in the time that I was there, I didn't see that. What, but then what, what and, and like, that looked cool and I wish I had seen that. And so I, I kind of want to want to do that at some point. Um, but yeah, that's what happens. But then, yeah, so then there is, uh, there's a big finale moment at the end of your stay, which is a lot of the video has, has gone out about that, which is where kind of Ray and Kylo Ren go at it uh, and do their whole lightsaber thing. But like what's interesting there is um, that's also where some of the things that the people are doing in, in the Star Cruiser kind of come to fruition. There, there's a, but part of that is, again, there's going to be parts of it that you don't know. Like the stuff that I did in the engine room has, leads to part of what happens in that finale experience. But the people who did like the Jedi stuff and saw the holocron with Yoda on it, that pops up there as well. Like that was entirely new to me when, when I witnessed that. And it was like, what is, why are, why is, why are they fighting over a holocron? That, I missed that part of the story. Um, <laughs> and so it is sort of, it, it's like, it's cool because some of it comes back and, and you feel like you were part of the story, but you also, again, were not part of the whole story. Right, yeah, uh, I can imagine that being. I, I don't know. Maybe, did did you feel at all like the way the quote unquote main story kind of comes to a head at the end? Did you feel like the the, the missing pieces that you didn't experience along the way that other guests did? Did that leave you scratching your head in, in a big way towards the end, or were you able to still get most of the kind of main story thread? I was still able to enjoy it. And part of it, again, uh, like, I'm not sure how much of, of, the, of what I missed was due to, like, the storyline they showed me versus just the fact that I was only there for four hours and not two days. Um, mm -hmm. It's possible that just that if you're there longer and you have, you know, the, the, the longer experience, there's more opportunity for picking up those additional threads. And that's not some, just something I can't quite speak to. Um, you know, but even even the stuff that sort of, you know, like I, I I would briefly feel confused, but it was but it, it, it didn't ultimately like harm my experience um, overall. I you know, the stuff that I did was was fun, you know, from a themed entertainment standpoint, what the Star Cruiser is, is is really impressive. Just I mean, you know, because it is something that you couldn't do in a in galaxy's edge i mean maybe if you literally spent all day in galaxy's edge and and galaxy's edge was designed for you to spend all day there maybe you could yeah, do yeah. something like that but that's not the way theme parks are meant to be experienced um and so this is something entirely different um and for what it is it's it is truly impressive what imagineering has has put together oh yeah for sure like i think even even the most cynical of observers surely would still be able to just look at this from a kind of just engineering technical creative standpoint and be I, I, you know it's easy to kind of be a bit spoiled by stuff like this or feel a bit spoiled by stuff like this and point out the negatives but yeah just purely from a kind of 
engineering creative standpoint the the idea that this exists even for the price that it is is kind of wild like remember when the only star wars thing in this place was star tours and and it was and star tours was amazing like but yeah like that was like that was all you could star tours was everything that you could dream of for a star wars theme park experience at the time and right and now we're here and it's like okay wow now we can dream even bigger and who knows where things go from here like where do things go from here that is a that is a big question i Maybe actual space, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Bob Chang. I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, Star Wars ha- housing. Uh, oh, you know, like, like uh, yeah, what was that? Like the one in Palm Springs they built. What's that thing called? Story living or whatever it is. A Star Wars yeah, story living story living experience. Yeah, that could yeah, be cool. Star Wars living by Disney. What do you think that would be, though? I mean, do you think it would be like a sort of... Do you think they'd go for like a Coruscant vibe or a Tatooine vibe? Or I guess if it's in, Flo- if it's in Florida, they might have to go sort of like Dagobah swamps. <laughs> I don't think you could go Coruscant, could you? Uh, that feels like the worst place to live. I can't imagine a pl- uh, any place in, in Star Wars that I would literally want to like live. Like, I mean, I, yeah, there's yeah. lots, lots of them I would mm. be more than happy to visit. And I can't imagine a single one I would want to live in. Naboo seems yeah. nice. There you go. Hey, yeah. see? Again, would you want to live there? I don't know. That is a good question. It's kind of like a bit of a, it's got a bit of a European holiday vibe, Naboo. In fact, I think that's, I think they filmed it somewhere in like Italy or somewhere. So that, yeah. that would make some sense. The, the location where Padme and Anakin run off together, maybe that is Naboo, is it not? Is that I think that's all yeah, Naboo. That's yeah. sort of like the countryside Naboo, right? That's right. Yeah, you could do a Naboo story living in like, yeah, Italy or Spain, and yeah, I mean yeah. that wouldn't be bad. I could live there. No, okay, cool, all right. Well, we've come, we've got an answer to the question: Where do they go from here? And it is very expensive accommodation in like Sicily or somewhere. <laughs> made to look like space uh i don't know if you would uh, i don't know if you could tell us like a little bit more about the activities because uh, just reading your kind of review stroke write-up for cinema blend which i highly recommend and we'll put a link in the uh in the show notes and on the um twitter page but they you, you could argue perhaps that they almost feel like really blown out versions of some of the experiences that you have already at Galaxy's Edge. So, you know, the lightsaber experience maybe being the obvious one, but even some of the stuff on the bridge of the ship, you know, where you're operating buttons and levers and knobs and things. I mean, you get a limited, fast-paced version of that on sort of Smuggler's Run to an extent. Is that Do, do these experiences on the Star Cruiser feel like kind of blown-out versions of some of the stuff you've seen and done before, or do they feel pretty unique still? Um, there, I mean, I think that the, the bridge experience is absolutely is, is smugglers run on steroids. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to, to look at it any other way. Um, there's essentially kind of three, uh, three main stations. Uh, uh, one is, is managing the weapons is, is pretty kind of standard, uh, uh, you know, aim and it's you know aim and shoot the difference here is you have your own sort of targeting screen to 
to, to aim at wherever you're firing at. Um, although there was a, in what I actually, I actually did the bridge experience twice doing kind of two different points in the story. And uh, in one of those, it was very much like Smuggler's Run in that the aiming and firing were done in tandem. So I was working with one other person and like one of us was aiming and the other one was actually firing. Um, and then there's the, uh, like the ship systems where you're, you're hitting, you're hitting buttons to turn on and off to light up different buttons in certain patterns. Uh, and then the third option is managing the shields where you're basically playing Pong to kind of bounce uh, projectiles off of the shield so they don't hit the ship. But you're doing all of this with this massive screen. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's, it's the Millennium Falcon canopy screen, but it's, it's the size of the room and it's huge uh, and gorgeous. And so, yeah, it is, that one is to me very much kind of felt like Smuggler's Run, just bigger and badder. Um, and, but that's, I mean, but that's cool. Like, I mean, it is, it's, it's cool to see it kind of taken to another level. The lightsaber experience is a little bit more, I mean, it is sort of kind of like the, the lightsaber building in, in Galaxy's Edge in that you have a, a cast member who is sort of taking you through this experience and basically you're kind of, uh, you know, everyone kind of gets in the line and we all take turns and you get to, you get to uh, deflect blasts with your lightsaber three or four different times and they modify the, the experience each time. Um, so you're not quite, so you, you know, if you get, if it takes you a minute to kind of get used to it, you don't, you're, you can get another chance to, to do a little better. Um, and the lightsaber has some haptic feedback. So it lights up and vibrates when you successfully block the laser blast. And uh, I mean, wow. the, it's it, that one that like the, the lightsaber one, I think for me was, was sort of the least, uh, engaging, um, although some it just it's it's just much slower paced than the other uh, than the the other stuff the other things that I did, you know so the 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 bridge experience is very much part of the story, um, so you are you're taking an active an active role in whatever the ship is is currently doing, and so it it just feels more you know like you're more involved, whereas the lightsaber experience is just sort of a separate, a separate thing. It's literally, it's, that one is very much designed to be an activity that you are doing on your cruise as opposed to part of the story. Um, and so it's a little bit more laid back. Uh, for me, that made it, I think, a little bit less engaging, but it's, it's still fun to do. So it's, it's more like a, you know, this is a Star Wars thing, so we have to do the Star Wars thing of lightsabers, you know, in a sense. Um, I mean, and... You know, and it's possible that there's a different, you know, there's more to it. You know, maybe if you, you know, if you take a sort of Jedi path in your story, maybe the lightsaber experience is a little different. Uh, but, but yeah, to me, it, it very much felt like the, well, it's Star Wars. We kind of have to do lightsabers. How do we fit that into this experience? It, it, it's almost like doing yoga. Like, you know, it's like if you, you know, if you got a, like, if you got a Disney cruise, I'm sure you can probably sign up to do yoga some morning. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what the lightsaber experience feels like. It's like you signed up to do this, this thing on your cruise as a, as an activity while you were there. And here it is. It feels sort of tacked on in that regard. And, you know, it's, it's fun, but it didn't really wow me in any way. 
of of all the things that I did, it's it's probably the one that I would be uh, least excited about doing again. Like if I could find something else to do, you know, everyone should do it once, but I don't feel I need to do it again. Can you go and like? If like you, you're called to do the lightsaber training or whatever, can you just go? Ah, I'm not feeling that. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> you something. just you wave your hand at them and be like, just, "I will not do the lightsaber training." Yeah, I you know, and that side of it, I, I I don't really know. I mean, certainly you you don't have to do it. You can just ignore it. Um, but then I don't know how that you know, like if you again, if you're if you if you're involved in the story and trying to kind of take take your way through it i don't know what happens if you ignore stuff you know <laughs> does that drastically change what what happens after that i don't know um and again for those people who don't care like if you're just you know it's like as, as my wife and i have been talking it's like you know she likes star wars but she's not a crazy star wars fan if she and i <laughs> went to do went to do galactic star cruiser i would be the one you know, dressed up like a Jedi and she'd be the person rolling her eyes at me the whole weekend. I'm sure I would have fun. I'm, I don't know how, like, and she wouldn't, and I, I think there's enough that she wouldn't necessarily feel, you know, like she wasted her time, but I'm just, I, I look at it and it's like, how much fun is somebody really going to have if they don't want to do that? And there's plenty of like, I mean, the food is good and you know, there's, there's, stuff to do but is it is it really going to be enough that's that's the big unanswered question for me that i still don't have an answer to and i'm very curious as this thing continues you know yeah are those people who who aren't that invested going to enjoy themselves that was kind of that was going to be one of my questions before we sort of you know wrap up was going to be like yeah for those people who might place a bit more stock in the rooms and the beds and the food because they're not as interested in running around swinging lightsabers about or you know they'll grin and bear it at best what is the what is the standard of the food like is it pretty comparable to the kind of stuff that you're getting in the theme park anyway or does it feel like it goes a bit above and beyond i've got to be honest i think i said when we talked about this a few weeks ago like if you're someone who does a good amount of their eating with their eyes uh some of this stuff wasn't appealing to me massively uh maybe it tastes better than it looks i don't know it looked like the kind of food that was like made to go on instagram i guess but didn't necessarily look like something i'd want to put in my mouth but maybe it's maybe it's okay and then yeah how are the rooms they they look kind of small in some of the footage i've seen the, the the rooms are not huge um i will certainly admit that they are they are a little bit deceptive like the the bunk bed situation in there, those beds are actually bigger than they probably appear in the in the pictures. You don't have to be a tiny person to fit in them, but the rooms overall are not big. You know, if you if you end up sharing a room with you know four people, um, it's going to get a little crowded in there. I mean, I think I think the experience is very much designed that you're not going to be spending a lot of time in those rooms. But, you know, when everyone is, yeah, is getting yeah. ready to go to bed at night or waking up in the morning and trying to get showers and brush teeth and whatever, like, it's going to get a little crowded. Um, having said that, the rooms are nice. Um, you know, I didn't sleep in the beds, but they seemed pretty comfortable. Um, 
they're 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 very they it's a very comfortable feeling room when you walk in it's like it's a very welcoming space even though you know technically there is no window like the window that's there looks out on stars but i never felt uh like i mean the whole thing to me felt very comfortable it i you know i'm not a claustrophobic person um so i can't speak to those who might be but uh I never felt, you know, I never felt as stuck indoors as you really are. There's a, you know, there are, there are lots of screens showing stars that at least feel like windows, even if they're not. Um, and the food, and the food that I had was really good. Um, I, I got essentially sort of a sampler plate of, of the first night's dinner. Um, and it's, um, you know, I would, I would put it on par with, you know, a, a a table service restaurant in the parks. You know, it's not it's not theme park food by any stretch. It's real food, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I thought it was pretty good. Um, some of the stuff that that they have the second night, just from looking at the menu, is like I I was disappointed that I didn't get a chance to taste any of that because that's where <laughs> things get a little a little wilder. Um, they have created a number of dishes that are designed to to feel like they are from various planets. Um, but I talked to one of the culinary directors and he was telling me about how they spent six months making, you know, making the shrimp cocktail blue because they wanted it to look alien, but they needed to make sure it didn't taste alien. And so they, they figured out a way to add this, this, they use tea to dye it blue, but it doesn't, change the flavor at all if you were to close your eyes you would think you were just eating shrimp cocktail yeah i I thought the food was pretty good you know i don't know how that compares to like you know the breakfast buffet or whatever like i'm my guess is that's probably going to be a fairly standard buffet you know compared to what you might get in one of the disney world resort hotels um though the food itself i'm sure looks different ironically it's green eggs and ham for breakfast Let's see what else. What else did I see? Uh, there is a little lounge, you know, a little bar. The thing about I didn't get to spend a lot of time there. Uh, the thing that struck me about it is it's not very big, and there's like there's a there's a a big digital table where you can play sabak, um, and it has I don't know I remember if it was four or five seats, um, but there's only one table, and so I look at that and my question is like, hey, if you want to play sabak, how hard is it going to be to get a seat? If you want to get a seat, a drink at the bar, like, is, is this going to, is there going to be a line at the door for this place? Cause it's not real big or are people going to be spread out enough that, that, you know, the bar is, isn't usually that crowded because people are off doing other things. That's the sort of thing that the people who aren't necessarily going to be buying in hard are going to be doing. And that's where, and like, you know, it's like, if, you know, if somebody wants to just go get a bloody drink and be left alone, you know, are they going to have to stand in a long line to do that? I'm, I'm not sure. I hope not. Did anyone give you any trouble at the bar? Anyone trying to sell you death sticks? Or yeah, nobody, nobody tried to sell me death sticks. Um, the, the the manager of uh, of Gaia, the the lounge singer, uh, I think was was trying to set me up to lose a lot of money playing Sabak. Uh, but other than that, I didn't have a lot of issues. Uh, uh, did you come away feeling like there were any? I don't know, put your sort of Disney creative hat on. Were there, were there any sort of Star Wars 
takes on like cruise experiences or, or something even more unique than that that you came away from wishing that they had or do you think there's any scope to expand this in the years ahead like whether it's rotating certain experiences in and out or bringing on board entirely new things like it's it's tough to it's tough to say i i I mean i i think there's i mean there's there's certainly some potential for for new stuff in here whatever that may be um at the same time i look at it and it's like it's a it's a fairly compact experience all things considered and like if you you know i mean if you're in disney world and you know they they shut down a ride to do to, you know renovate it or whatever it doesn't really impact your experience mm-hmm. you know if and when they decide to make massive changes to this thing they may have to just shut it down for a period of time yeah because yeah. if you had you know imagineers in there gutting the engine room to turn it into something else it would just it would just change the experience so much for everybody else who was there we'll have to we'll have to see what what the future holds but i mean you know if this is successful then i mean i definitely think i mean for me i think the future what i see the future being is not is is you can build this thing anywhere you know people have talked about oh you know disney needs to build you know not just new rides and new lands but people would like to see new theme parks that's that's a tall order but you could build a star cruiser or a similar themed experience literally anywhere and all of a sudden you have a disney themed experience in your backyard throw it in a warehouse in new jersey and uh, jobs are good and right right well we'll all be in the metaverse in a few years and just be able to do this kind of thing on demand of course so who who needs a real star cruiser at that point is it, just, is it still going to cost six grand? <laughs> yeah. But then again, I suppose that's how you reduce the price, is you just make it all virtual. I mean, one of the things, uh, I think we spoke about it when we talked about Avengers Campus, and one kind of a different approach that they took with that was that by not tying it to any one particular timeline or film or what or what have you, they can really take advantage of wherever Marvel goes beyond the theme parks to then tie that those experiences back into the theme park every time there's a new film out or a new disney plus show you can have characters from those walking around in avengers campus i mean the the way they decided to build galaxy's edge and i guess as an extension of that the star cruiser and tying it so explicitly to the sequel timeline is that they're in this weird bind where you can't have the mandalorian dock on the star cruiser one weekend and be wandering around like do you do you feel like the way in which galaxy's edge is almost hamstrung by being tied to the sequels do you feel like that is a problem for the star cruiser as well or did you not really think in those terms while while you were on board was it um i think it's in the i think it's a potential issue in the long term, I don't think it's necessarily an issue when you're there. I mean, I think, I think you know, kind of focusing it on one one point in time ultimately helps the the story that they are telling. Um, but I think potentially it can be an issue down the road when 
everybody who has done this thing has done it. Um, you know, I think if if it was more versatile in that regard, you might have the, you know you might you might get more returning guests than you otherwise could. Um, you know, if if and when it comes time and they say, okay, we're going to change the story up a little bit, you can only change it so much, unless you're also going to change all of Galaxy's Edge at the same time. I mean, so I think that it, that's a that that part's a potential issue. Um, you know, it doesn't really uh, it it didn't really certainly didn't bother me when I was there, and I think it it probably helps the the story that they want to tell. But but at down the road when you know when when a when a ride would normally be ready for its update um it's going to be a little harder to do that here because everything is now so tied together at galaxy's edge you know galaxy's edge and the star cruiser are directly connected um the story being told in in each is actually is linked together um you know there's actually like you know the coaxium that you steal on smuggler's run is important on the Star Cruiser as a little a little little piece of trivia. Um, so you can't, you know, you, if you if you change one, you're gonna have to change the other in that regard. And that's I think I mean I think that's gonna be an issue for Galaxy's Edge at some point, and it will be for the Star Cruiser. Uh, that is quite cool though. I, I guess in it, it's almost like uh, how there's way more payoff uh, to to you know the Marvel films and the Star Wars films and stuff. If you've watched some of the TV shows and read some of the comics and stuff, it's, it's kind of neat that they can kind of recreate that in a, in a theme park setting. Now, if you, I, mean, I guess, you know, it's inevitable that if you do one of these, you're doing the other, right? Cause you get galaxy's edge entry or Hollywood studios entry included in the, in the whole experience. So it's not like they need to worry about people having not done one or the other. Um, it's it's more than likely that if you're staying on the Star Cruiser, you will also do Smuggler's Run during your stay. But uh, no, that's still cool. Uh, I, I guess just to wrap up, then, I mean, what were your kind of what's your main takeaway from this thing? And I guess yeah, the the toughest question because I guess it's it's very different depending on how enthusiastic you are. But I guess a better way of framing is it value for money at this point at this early stage is do you think the people who are interested in going now, you know, booking this thing up at the earliest opportunity, do you think it's value for money for that audience? Overall, I would say yes. I mean, my main takeaway from my little sort of brief experience is that I would very much like to go back and do the full experience. Um, you know, I, I rushed through so many things in my brief period there that I kind of was like, wow, it would be nice to have maybe some downtime and a room to go back to in between some of these things. And I, I mean, I do think, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean I'm not going to pretend like this isn't a lot of money, um, but I do think for, you know, if you are, if you're a big enough Star Wars fan that this looks like something that you would want to do, um, then I think it will be worth it. And I think in general... Um, like we were talking about earlier, you know, if you're a th if you're just a fan of themed entertainment in general, even if you're not necessarily a huge Star Wars fan, this is potentially something that you should experience just because it is so unique. I certainly hope down the road, if this sort of idea 
you know, gains wider traction, it will become less expensive and more people can do it. But I do think if, if this experience is something that you're like, oh, hey, I would love to do this if it were some other IP, <laughs> you know, then I would then I would say, you know, maybe check it out anyway, just because it is a really cool uh, new thing in themed entertainment. Weirdly, I, I just want to, I kind of want to just sit at the bar and take in the, uh, <laughs> the ambiance of the place, you know? I'm that guy. I would definitely want to spend at least some of my time doing that. Um, but, uh, and, and, and which is one of the things that I didn't get to do that I wish I could have. Um, but, uh, but yeah, because no, I, but also being able to sit at the bar and take in the ambiance of Star Wars is, you know, that, that sounds attractive to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've always said, and, and uh, Tom knows this, but the the world of Star Wars I always find better than uh, the story of Star Wars. So, uh, experience, experiencing just the world going on, even if that's just people that are hyper into it, role playing characters, uh, I think would be more fun for me than actually being invested in the story. That is one thing I will I will say. Um that that is a little unusual but it like it didn't bother me while i was there but it, it i sort of reflected on it later it, one of the things about the world of star wars is this sort of bizarre like you know it's it's this incredibly futuristic technology yet also everything is old and broken and that's like that's what's that's what the world of star wars is right like it's this weird connection of these two of these two opposing ideas but that's what i love about star wars um and the thing about the Star Cruiser that I will say is very different is because they are going for this luxury cruise line experience, you don't like that, that old and broken side isn't really there. Everything feels very new and futuristic, um, which I mean, I think it's, it's intentional in, on two sides. One is, you know, this is supposed to be a luxury experience, both, you know, both in story and out of story. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, it's like if they had made something that felt a little more traditional Star Wars, you know, people who spent $6,000 might not feel like they were getting their money's worth because everything looks older than it is. But it is, it does sort of change things up a bit in that regard. Like I was kind of, because I was realizing later, like, you know, it, it felt like Star Wars, but there was something about it that didn't quite feel like Star Wars, and that's what it was. Uh, I guess, like you say, though, I mean, there are examples within Star Wars of kind of more luxurious environments and uh, and vehicles and ships and things like that. It's just that I suppose you're more used to seeing that uh, kind of together with the kind of rickety... Uh, busted side of Star Wars, which I guess you might argue you get that from Galaxy's Edge itself a little more. So when you when you uh, go planet side, so to speak, you will you'll get that side of Star Wars a little more than you do on the ship. Yes, it's it's almost like a real cruise to the Caribbean where you're on this hyper advanced cruise ship and you go to uh, yeah. a nation that solely survives on that cruise ship, docking there every <laughs> couple of days. Yeah. Which yeah. is sort of depressing. Now I'm seeing the Sorry. entire experience in a, in a different light. And even though it's fictional, I feel bad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on before we uh, before you sour St Steve's memories of this even more. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I think it sounds pretty cool. I Yeah, like I said, there's part of me that worries would I become incredibly impatient with all this nonsense after a while. But 
I think there is just enough of me that wants to check this out that I would very much love to at some point. But yeah, just got to get saving. But I don't know. The way things are going, it will cost six grand to fill your car up soon. So what's six grand? <laughs> what's six grand to go on a Star Wars cruise, I suppose? Um, um, like I said, uh, fantastic write-up of the uh, of the whole thing at Cinema Blend. We'll share a link to that and highly recommend you check it out. There's also, a, uh, I guess, a, a supplementary piece, sort of six things to know before you go. Uh, to the Galactic Star Cruisers. So if you're considering a trip or you've booked and and want to be best prepared, then then this is well worth a read as well. So we'll link that too. Uh, and I'm sure if you have any questions that we haven't covered here or in those articles, then um, then Stephen will be uh, will be happy to help. Uh, where can people find you on the uh, on on the internet? Uh, well, let's see. the best place to find me these days is usually Twitter. So, uh, that's, it's, uh, at, uh, C H I L D E underscore D I R K child Dirk. Um, and, uh, yeah, if people want to, you know, after they hear this, if they have any additional questions, you know, tag me and I'll uh, do my best to answer them. Excellent. Well, uh, if you want to subscribe to the show and you haven't already, you can do so on your uh, preferred app of choice uh, and if you want to get in touch with the show you can do so at parkrush.com where you can leave us a voice note you can tweet at parkrush podcast or email podcast at parkrush.com uh, we will be back next week with another episode we'll see you then take care everybody thanks for listening goodbye <laughs>